What's up, guys? How are you guys doing this morning? I just wanted to give you an opportunity to honk. That would be the re- that's one of the main reasons why people come to the drive-in is you can honk as much as you want, and it's a good thing, right? Um, hey, how many of you uh, saw the Take Me Back video that our church did? Okay, so so a few of you. Okay, a few of you. Um, if you want to go watch it, it's just, a, it's just a quick video that we did. Um, you could go to ohiograce.com. It's right on the front page. You could check it out. Um, we are actually going to do another one of those videos, and if you want to be in it, you want to be part of it, we'd love to have you part of it. You can actually go on the front page, ohiograce.com, and you can sign up um, yourself or you can sign up your family. And if you watch the video, you'll understand what that might entail, but we'll get you on our route and uh, we just want to film our church. We haven't seen each other for a long time, so it's just a fun, easy thing uh, that we can do to kind of do church or do life together in a sense. Um, our plan is, actually, this is a great day, right? I mean, this is how, let me say this, this is how I pictured the drive-in a month, month and a half ago, two months ago when we were talking about doing a drive-in. I was like, oh yeah, it'll be like this, sunny, perfect. No wind. All right, it's taken us five weeks to get here, but we're finally here. Hopefully, it stays this way. Uh, The drive-in here um, has been super helpful. The owners, they actually let us do this for free. They don't charge us anything, and uh, so that's awesome. want to give a shout-out to them, as well as, all right, yeah, yeah, as well as their manager, the manager of the drive-in here. It comes when our volunteers come, which is at 5 a.m., and which would be terrible. I'm not here at 5 a.m. I'm trying to sleep at 5 a.m. But our volunteers come to start setting stuff up. Their manager's here, and, and he's here um, all every Sunday. And so uh, just helping us with what we need. So just want to give a shout-out to the, to the drive-in. Uh, they have been very, very, very helpful to what we're doing here and have been very giving, really, toward, to our uh, church. For the uh, last couple weeks, we've been going through this letter that Paul writes to the church in this huge city called Philippi. Now, this letter, when Paul's writing this letter, um, Paul, he knew these people, okay? It wasn't just some distant church that he had heard of. No, Paul knew these people. These people were near and dear to his heart. He loved these people. And um, actually, Paul's the guy who started this church. And so out of all the letters that Paul writes in the New Testament, this is his most personal letter, Right? I remember in seminary them telling us that whenever we're reading through the book of Philippians, we need to remember that what Paul is saying, like Paul means it, okay, like he cares, like he desperately wants these people to understand what he's trying to, to say so that they could live the life that they're supposed to live and, and um, follow God in the way they're supposed to. And so the first week, AJ, he talked about how we need to look at the big picture, right? The big picture is we need to be reaching out, doing whatever we possibly can to reach as many people as we possibly can for Jesus. And so, so often, so many of us, I mean, what we're all in the rut of doing sometimes is we start focusing on these little, little aspects of our life that don't actually really matter that much. All right, we start losing focus of the big picture. We're probably saying, hey, back off a little bit. All right, zoom out. Look at the big picture. What's your mission? Do that. All right, he says, he says, you know, the way that we view our life, it really impacts how we live our life. And then last week, we talked about being in community with each other and how that's important. God came up with the idea of church, not us. It wasn't here, Grace Community Church. It was, it was God. It's been going on for over 2,000 years. And, um, 
And, but there's a certain way that we need to do church. There's a certain way we need to be in community together, how we do life together, and we need to be humble. Remember what he said last week? We looked at, Paul says, don't look to your own interests, but also the interests of others. This isn't something that's just on the outside. Really, this is an attitude, right? It's something on the inside. And Paul points back to Jesus. He says, hey, you need to have the same attitude, this humble attitude. You need to have the same attitude that Jesus has as a perfect example. And then today, we are supposed to be going through Philippians chapter 3, but there's just one subject that Paul touches on that I just couldn't pass up, especially with all this COVID stuff happening around us. And really what I want to look at today, what I want to focus on, we'll read some verses, but I want to focus on one verse, and within that one verse, I want to really look at one word. And um, really what Paul does in this letter is Paul saying, hey, we have this disease in our life, we have this problem, and that's our sin nature. And what Paul does to each and every one of us is he hands you the scalpel, and he says, hey, you need to cut this out of your life. Like, you need to do some work on your life. We need to cut this out. We need to cut out our narrow-minded focus. We need to cut out our ignoring community, wanting to do life alone. We need to cut out our selfishness. We need to cut out at only looking at our own interests. And he's going to encourage you to take the scalpel to your life today. So really, what we're going to be looking at today, I really want you guys to focus in because this is something that will apply to every single one of us. And so don't fall asleep. I actually had someone come up to me a couple weeks ago. They were like, yeah, I looked over at the car next to me, and they were just sleeping. And I'm like, what? Come on. Well, I could see sleeping, you know, when AJ's talking. But when I'm talking, you kidding me? All right, so um, if you're, yeah, thank you. If you, <laughs> there we go. If, thanks. Uh, if you're, um, if you got the tinted windows, you're probably good. But if you don't have the tinted windows, just know the car next to you could see you pretty easily. And now we got all our windows down, so it's even easier. So I probably wouldn't fall asleep on this one. I don't want you to fall asleep on this one because this is really good stuff. All right, so you guys ready? Ready to, all right, do some uh, surgery on yourself, dig in. All right, here we go. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. We're only going to look at a few verses. He starts off, he says this, Therefore, my dear friends, all right, my dear friends, is personal, most personal letter, okay? Therefore, my dear friends, just as you have always obeyed, so now not only in my presence, but even more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is working in you both to will and to work according to his good purpose. Basically what Paul's saying here is he's saying, hey, Hey, you were doing good the last time I saw you, right? Keep that up. Make sure you continue to obey God. Don't just obey when I'm around or when you see that I'm watching, okay? Make sure you obey even when I'm, when I'm not there. And then he tells us how. And he says, you need, to you need to obey God by working out your own salvation. Now, what the heck does that mean? Working out our own salvation. What's Paul trying to say here? Basically, he's kind of explaining that we have to go to the spiritual gym every once in a while. Right? We have to, you know, physically, if we want to get stronger, how do we do it? I mean, we get stronger one rep at a time. And spiritually, how do we get stronger? We get stronger one prayer at a time or one Bible reading, you know, at a time or one church service at a time. You know, what drives me crazy is I talk to, I talk to a lot of people, you know, where it's, they think that their growth and their relationship with God is just going to happen. It's not how it works. It's not reality. It's not, the way, it's not the way it is, right? Just like we physically, if we want to get stronger, you know, we, we, we need to do something, right? We got to work out, right? We spiritually need to work out in a spiritual way. 
And it's almost like God's like our spiritual trainer, right? He's there to help us. He's there to tell us, tell us what to do. It's like when you're trying to push the bar up and you just can't quite get it. It's almost like God is the spotter who helps us pull it up the rest of the way. I mean, he's the one who gives us the strength that we don't always have. He's the one who has our best interests in mind. Now, now a lot of us, let's be honest, a lot of us, we don't work out at all, okay? Um, and maybe you, maybe you gave up on the working out thing, like, like years and years ago, that's okay. All right, I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, that's that's going to be me, that's for sure. And uh, But others of you, you're like, you're, you're one of those people who you work out every day. And you make sure everybody knows it. You know what I'm talking about? You're the one, you're posting pictures of your body and all, you know, all cut. And, you know, you see your muscles and you're like, check me out, look how skinny I am. Let me just tell you, you know, you're posting this on Facebook or whatever. Let me just tell you, the rest of us hate you. Okay, it's like, yeah, we get it. You're you're better than us. Okay, you're you know, you you can you know, you're stronger and you're skinnier and you're more fit. Okay, the rest of us, we're not we're you know, we just roll our eyes every time we see that. So I just want to let you know um, that because maybe you don't maybe you didn't realize that. But um, but when we work out right, I mean, for those of us that do or for those of us, all of us have in the past, I'm sure it's hard. It takes energy. Unfortunately, it takes effort. That's why the rest of us don't, okay? It takes effort. It takes time. It takes focus. We have to try. And God is there to help. And he is working on you. That's how it is in our spiritual lives. We just don't grow in our relationship with God. This doesn't naturally happen. We have to work it out. We have to do something. And then the next verse Paul, he gives us a specific way to work out. And this is the verse I really want to focus in on this morning. It's Philippians chapter 2, verse 14. And this is what he says. He says, do everything without grumbling and arguing. Now, the word grumbling is the word that I want us to really look at ourselves and try to figure out, hey, do we have an issue with this? Um, the word grumbling in the Greek, uh, in the original language, it, it also could be translated as murmuring. But it's one of those words that actually sounds like what it is, to grumble, you know, or to murmur. Right? I believe, I think in English class, I'm 80% sure, but English was a long time ago, and I don't remember stuff, and I probably didn't pay attention anyway. But I think it was called an onomatopoeia, okay? I don't know if I even said that word right. That's a weird word. I don't know why. Um, but it's like one of those words that, uh, that it sounds like, you know, what it is, like the word bang, okay, or drip, you know, something like that. It's, it's a word that sounds like what it is, grumbling, murmuring, right? And a lot of you guys are out there, you're going right now, you're thinking, well, yeah, I, I don't have a problem with murmuring. Like, I don't go around and murmur about stuff. But this can also be translated, and it's really the same thing, translated as complaining. Right, complaining, complaining, grumbling, murmuring, it's the same thing here. And what Paul is saying isn't just for some people, it's for all people. Now, if you're at all honest with yourself, you would understand or realize that we could do some serious complaining. All right, we as just people. I mean, how many of you once in a while, sometimes, like if it's the worst day ever, maybe just, you, you know, you might accidentally let out just a tiny little complaint. You ever, you ever do that? Okay, all right, all right. See some hands, see some, okay. 
good. All right, we, we do this. Some of you, by the way, you complained all the way to church today, complaining, oh, we're going to be late, or oh, we're going to get a bad spot, or hey, you're going too fast, or you're going too slow, or oh, you get it here, and it's like, oh, we're behind a big truck again. Man, I hate when that happens. Or you're going, I can't hear, or it's too hot, or it's too cold, right? We are expert complainers. All right, probably a lot of us, we've complained as we're sitting in the car here since we've been here. Right? By the way, notice what Paul says here. He says, do everything without complaining. Do everything? That's an important word for us to understand. Because a lot of times we make up these excuses why it's okay to do it this time and all that kind of stuff. Basically what Paul's saying, it doesn't matter what you're going through. Don't complain about it. All right, it doesn't matter if it's good days, bad days, happy days, sad days, good grades, bad grades, you know, great job, terrible job, good future, dim future, great relationship, horrible relationship, good circumstance, bad circumstance, great marriage, terrible marriage. Either you got money in the bank or maybe you're just broke or, you know, good family, bad family, great life, the worst life ever. He's saying it doesn't really matter. All right, it doesn't matter. Do everything without grumbling. Last week. Um, we talked about how being humble and, uh, and looking out for others, not for ourselves, is really, it's, it's an inward thing, right? Like it's an attitude. It's something we all, um, it's something we got to do on the inside. But complaining is, is also an attitude, just like selfishness. Complaining is also an attitude, all right? It's a pattern of thinking, right? Uh, an important part of your lifestyle is really how you handle adversity, disappointment, and annoyances, how do you handle the, when a big thing in your life doesn't go your way? How do you handle when something little in life doesn't go your way? See, grumbling and complaining is a very particular way of handling it. See, if you've been born more than a day, all right, you know that uh, you know, life doesn't always go your way. We all know that. Maybe your boss is a jerk. Maybe he or she isn't. Maybe your boss is the problem or maybe you're the problem, okay? You know, sometimes I hear things like, you know, my job is torture. Or when I was doing, um, when I was working with students, it'd be like, oh, school is torture this week or torture today. And I'm like, really? Torture? Right? Like, our life has been easy for too long. Right? We've, been, we've been too wealthy for too long. And our society, American society, our society is really like transformed into the thinking of, hey, I didn't get the same, you know, opportunities that this person has, so this person owes me. I didn't have this, so, so I, everybody owes me. And it's really such a selfish way of thinking, and it's a type of thinking that really gets us into the lifestyle of complaining. See, when Paul, when he's writing about grumbling and complaining, what he's doing is he's using the same language that Moses used to describe the nation of Israel during uh, the exodus out of Egypt. You guys remember that story? Remember how that goes? A little bit. Um, this story, and, and the people in Philippi, they totally understand this. They're like, oh, they're reading this letter the first time, and they're like, oh, Paul, he's talking about that Old Testament back in the book of Exodus. They're ta he's talking about, you know, he's using the same words. He's, he's doing a word play there. All right, remember what happened? The Israelites, they spent hundreds of years as slaves in Egypt. And what did God do? 
God came, he rescued them, he saved them just like he promised that he would. And he did miracle after miracle. He had the ten plagues in Egypt. And these people, the Israelites, the Jews, they actually witnessed this stuff with their own eyes. Right? Like they saw it happen. And then they were coming out of Egypt, and, and then Pharaoh, you know, started chasing after them. And what did God do? He parted the Red Sea, and they walked through on dry ground. Right? Then they, he fed them manna from heaven, and then they, he gave them water from a rock, and then he gave them clothes that didn't wear out. And what did these people do? They did the same thing that so many of us do in the middle of our blessings every day. They whined, they griped, they grumbled, they murmured, and they complained about everything. All right, remember, this is how it goes. In Exodus chapter 14, verse 11. Just to refresh it, okay? It says, they said to Moses, is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away? That, let me redo this, okay? That's not how they sounded. They sounded like this, all right? They said to Moses, is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Isn't this what, you to- isn't this what we told you in Egypt? Just leave us alone so that we could just serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. We loved being slaves, Moses. We really liked it. We hate being free where the Lord provides for all of our needs. Right? They do this over and over and over again. And then later Moses says, uh, says this to him, which is so important. This is one of the key things. So if you have been like, like tuning out, all right, come back in. All right, just for a second. This is what Moses says to him in Exodus chapter 16, verse 8. Moses says, your complaints are not against us, but against the Lord. Yikes. Do you realize that every time you complain, you're actually complaining against God? You ever think about that? Every time you complain, you're actually complaining against God, and God hates it. Right? He, he hates it. Actually, the Israelites, they complain so much that at one point Moses goes to God, and he's like, God, I can't take it anymore. Just kill me. I want to just die. Like, just strike me down right here on the ground, please. I beg you. He couldn't take it anymore. By the way, when we complain, all right, it affects more than just us. We, for some reason, it's like we're under this impression that, well, you know, me complaining doesn't, like, hurt anybody. It doesn't do anything. Yet, it hurts everybody around you, right? It affects the people around you. Here, these people are complaining to Moses. Moses is like, I can't take it anymore. I want to die. Right? Another uh, time when they're, when they're complaining, the Bible tells us that God, he, again, he hates complaining so much that God was like, I want to start over. Like all these people, it's like the justice part of God was like, we, burn these people up. These people got to go. But then the love part of God was like, wait, you know. And uh, the Bible says that of the camp, the camp that the Israelites were in, which was like two million of them, the two million person camp, the Bible says the anger of the Lord burned against them and the edges of the camp burnt up. He didn't get them all. He, he, he relented, but some of the edges got burnt up. Does that freak you out? Why? Because they complained. God hates complaining. By the way, that's God when he's burning up people. Right? That's God saying, oh, I'm not into this. See, complaining, it's not just verbal though, right? Remember, it's an attitude this past week. I was, um, I had this like giant thorn bush in my backyard and every summer, 
it grew and grew and grew, and it was, it was like, it was this like little bush, it didn't really matter, but now it's like this giant bush, and so I'm like, well, I got to get rid of this thing, so I, so it took forever, and I cut every, you know, is a thorn bush, so it's got all these little things, you know, I don't know what, branches, whatever you call them, uh, coming out of the ground, and so I cut each one, I put them in the back of a pickup truck, and I was driving them to my parents' house, they live about a mile from me, and I live in Green Springs, and, um, and as I was driving out of Green Springs, I, uh, I'm like a quarter of the mile of, of a mile from their house, and I watched it in the rearview mirror. But the whole like bush thing like rolled out onto the onto the road, and I'm like, oh, right, this giant bush is like the size of a small car, and um, that I had like packed in there. I didn't put, I didn't tie it down because I was like, I'm only going a mile. All of us guys do that once in a while. Yeah, not good. And and I did that right in front of a, actually the Green Springs cop. And so she comes over and she parks behind me and she's I'm in the middle of the road and so she's get you know directing traffic as I'm trying to put these thorns back in the truck and and I got gloves but but my arms you know I'm wearing like a sweatshirt but my like I'm getting pricked by these stupid thorns and I'm hugging them I'm trying to throw it in I'm like bleeding and it's raining and and I'm embarrassed because people are driving by I got I put my hood up so people can't really tell who I am and and I'm in the middle of state route 19 uh, picking up these thorns and it took like 15 minutes or so and uh, but with the cop you know I'm like thanking her I'm like hey thank you very much yeah not a big deal you know I really appreciate you directing traffic whatever but inside I'm like why like it couldn't make it a quarter more of a mile like, come on. It's miserable out here. It's painful. See, God makes no distinction between our words and our thoughts. It's all the same to him. And sometimes when life doesn't go our way, we just get into this, like, cycle. It's really a cycle. We just get into this lifestyle of complaining where it's just cycle after cycle after cycle. We just complain, complain, to complain. And Paul recognizes this. And so Paul, he actually tells us, hey, in everything we do, don't complain. And then he tells us why in the next verse. So Philippians chapter 2, verse 14. He says, do everything without grumbling and arguing. Okay, we get that. Why? So that you may be blameless and pure children of God who are faultless in a crooked and perverted generation, among whom you shine like the stars of the world. All right, so we're not supposed to grumble or argue. By the way, I didn't really want to focus on arguing today because I could do a whole, I could do a whole series on arguing. Um, but he's saying don't grumble or don't complain. Why? What's the big deal? I'm not really hurting anybody. He says the reason why you don't do that is so that you can shine like stars in a dark world. Jesus he actually says something very similar in Matthew chapter 5. He calls his followers. He's, he's talking to a whole bunch of people, a whole crowd of people, and he says, hey, you guys are the light of the world, right? Just like we are here today as Christians. He's saying, you guys are the light of the world. And then he points out, he's like, think about a light, right? Nobody takes the light and we put it under a basket. We don't cover it up. That makes no sense. What do we do? We put the light on a table or, you know, that's why we have lampstands or most of us at our houses, we got the light hanging from the ceiling. We put it high up so that it could shine, you know, as, as good as it can shine. Right? Jesus, he points that out, and then he tells him, he says, hey, you need to let your light shine in front of others because you are the light of the world. Last summer, I went, I took a, a group of high schoolers down to West Virginia, and we, one of the things we did was we went caving, and um, we went like a mile or two in ground uh, to the 
in this cave, and we got to the end of this cave, and it's like this giant cavern, like, room thing. And one of the things that we did is we just, we all turned off our lights, and we just sat in there for, like, 10 minutes. Okay, it's kind of weird, right? Um, it wasn't my idea. It was our guides. But we just sat in there for, like, 10 minutes. And it is dark, okay? You can't see a hand in front of your face. Like, it is pitch black, like, literally pitch black, and which is actually dangerous when you're, when you're with high schoolers because they start hitting you in the face and stuff, and you can't block it, and it gets super annoying. But, uh, but it's pitch black, and we're sitting in there, and once in a while, I don't know why this is, it's like a high schooler can't stay off their phone. They don't have any, you know, we're underground. There's not like any cell service or anything like that. I don't know if they're checking time or what. But once in a while, during that 10 minutes, you see somebody like look at their phone, okay? And, uh, and they would cover it up and it would be super dim. And, uh, and they would look at their phone. But when they would do that, the whole room would light up. All right, everybody could see. I mean, it took .00 seconds for you to go, oh, there it is. That's the person. Oh, there's a light right there. And it was such a dim light, but it lit up the whole cavern. See, God's saying we are the light. Paul's like, hey, you know what? This world is dark. And you are that light. And people should be able to notice. See, one of the main ways that we can stick out, one of the way, main ways we can uncover our light is by living a lifestyle of not complaining, which is, quite honestly, such a big problem for us. I mean, think about it. What do you complain about the most? What do you complain about the most? Your job? Your boss? Uh, your, you know, fellow employee? Coworker? Your marriage? You complain about your husband the most. You complain about your wife. You complain about a friend the most. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's material things. Maybe it's not a relationship. You complain about your house. Complain about things that are broken. Complain about your car. Complain about not having all the things that you want. Well, what is it? See, Jesus points out one time, he says, hey, out of the overflow of your heart, the mouth speaks, meaning what comes out of our mouth, it really reflects an inward attitude. It reflects what's happening on the inside. And then, unfortunately, all of us, we all have Satan, who's our spiritual enemy, who's just trying to distract us, and he's trying to take our eyes off the enormous blessings that we all have around us. And Satan's like, hey, yeah, look at all this that God's provided. Actually, don't look at all that. Look at these little things that God hasn't given you yet. Or maybe he's given you them, but he hasn't given you the way that he wanted, that you wanted him to give you these things. And he shifts our focus onto ourselves. He makes us zoom in on these little aspects of our life, like what AJ talked about two weeks ago. And we start getting selfish, like what we talked about last week. See, some of you, the honest truth is, we all have an issue with complaining. But some of you, you're just a complainer. Maybe you don't even realize it. Maybe one of the best ways to realize it now in our modern world is looking at your Facebook. Right? What do you post about? What do you comment about on other people's Facebooks? Right? I mean, it, Facebook, I hate Facebook. It drives me crazy. I try not to get on. I try to catch, check messages maybe once in a while. But, but, uh, but, man, Facebook, I mean, think about it. 
you know, especially with this COVID thing going on, you know, it's like everybody's complaining about something. I'm complaining about the government. I'm complaining about the, you know, about people not complaining about the government. I'm complaining about masks, or I'm complaining that we have to wear masks, or I'm complaining that, that you're not wearing a mask. I'm complaining that maybe you are wearing a mask, but you're not wearing the mask the right way. You know, we complain about all this stuff. It's like we broadcast it for everybody to see. Some of us, it's like we have, we switched the words, you know, the, the definition of complaining out in our mind. And this is what Satan does all the time. We, we, we try to make excuses for why we're doing something that we shouldn't be doing. And it's like, well, I don't complain, but I have to vent. I'm just venting to my friend. Okay, you realize that venting and complaining are the same thing, right? Right, you don't, venting is always negative. Have you noticed that? You don't, like, go to someone and vent all the great stuff that's happening. You don't do that. All right, venting's always, oh, then this happened, oh, then they did this. Can you believe, oh, and then this happened. That's what venting is. Well, I, just, I have to vent. No, you don't. You don't have to vent. You shouldn't vent. Complaining's wrong. See, so often what you see is exactly what you're looking for. That's what psychologists would tell you. Tell you, hey, we, we it's like, it's like we, the things that, that happen in our life or the things that we see in our life are actually what we are looking for on the inside. See, a lot of us, we're stuck in the cycle of just complaining, and it's, and it's so negative. And it starts to be the only thing that you see. You're not looking for the good stuff anymore. You're not looking at all the blessings that God is just pouring out on you. We're thinking about all the little things that we don't have. All the little things that aren't going our way, and it's just completely negative. I remember I heard this quote once from somebody. I forget the guy who said it, but this is what he said. He said, life is 10% what happened to you and 90% with how you deal with it. Life's 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react or how you deal with it. And Paul is a great example for us because as Paul is literally writing this letter, he is sitting in a Roman prison handcuffed, chained to a guard, that, and he's been there for about two years at this point. I don't know if Paul knows it or not, but he is actually on his way out because he is getting ready to, he's going to get beheaded not long after this by Rome. And here's Paul, and he's just like, yeah, there's nothing really to complain about. Yeah, like this is an ideal situation for me to be in prison and me to be handcuffed with this guy. And this guy kind of stinks. And I'm kind of tired of it. But, you know, I got all this stuff going on. And, but, but I know God's working in this. I don't have to complain. There's no, what, what would I complain about? See, this morning, God is telling us to work out our spirituality. What? God's saying, do you know, basically do what God is telling you to do. How? By living a lifestyle of not complaining, which is an attitude, which is something on the inside. And every time we do complain, we're actually complaining against God. Why? So that you will be a shining light in a dark, dark world. Because if you're somebody who doesn't complain in this world that we live in because it's so dark, people's going to notice. People will notice. You will be that light that people can automatically see. doesn't matter how, how bright the light is, right? Some of us, we just, our relationship with God is new, and our light's not very bright. We haven't changed all that much, but we're changing. Even the dim lights shine bright, and people will notice. 
Let's pray. God, we, we thank you for these words, Lord. And God, you love us so much that you came down and you died for us. And you tell us that, you know, and you've blessed us so much. We, shouldn't, we have no reason to complain about anything. God, help us to realize that when we do complain, we're actually complaining against you and you hate it. God, you're so good to us. We beg you to help us to not complain. We can't do it without your help. God, we love you even when we don't show you enough. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.